Great day, everyone, and thanks for tuning in to the Strategic Possibilities Show, where we discuss success and growth to help you launch potential in your personal and professional life. My name is Emmett Ferguson, and I am your host. And today I have an amazing creative guest that has turned his creative passions, his writing and everything into a business for himself. And his name is John Gergerich. He's been writing since he was 13 years old and he's got articles, creative novels, poems. And I, I brought John on today to share with us uh, a little bit about the creative process and how he's had an opportunity to turn it into a business and a career for himself. Hey, John, can you tell us a little bit about how you got started in writing? Well, you know, that's a good question. Like I said, I've been, uh, been writing since I was 13. Uh, I have always had a very vivid imagination. And uh, initially started writing like uh, little stories here and there, like, uh, you know, when I was a teenager. And then, uh, and then later on, I started getting into science fiction and I fell in love with uh, Star Trek and Star Wars. And, uh, and then at, in high school, I was really into I really love the tw- love twelve the Twilight Zone and so I started writing stories that are very similar to that and then uh, you know eventually uh, you know I went into college and I started thinking about what I wanted to do and I first I started studying computer programming well initially well actually initially I started studying business well actually no I t- actually I take that back I started out as a music major did that briefly because I've been I've been a musician pretty much most of my life and uh, then. Then I decided that wasn't practical, so I decided to go into business. I actually went and I had an MIS major, and then I switched over to computer science, and I started studying computer programming. Did that for a couple of years, decided I hated that, and then, and then eventually um, I started studying writing. And so I took, kind of took my technology background and, uh, and sort of incorporated that into my, into my fiction. So I started writing like tech-based science fiction, kind of like cyberpunk. You know, then after school, I worked as a computer technician, got out of that, and then uh, sold insurance for a while. And then eventually, I saw that there was a uh, a market for people in need, like content for websites, blog posts, SEO copywriting. And I was thinking, you know, I think I can do that. So and initially, it was just going to be a part-time thing, and it just grew into a full-time business. Very cool. So it sounds like in terms of that cramming your life into just those few moments that you shared with us. And thank you for that. Was it like you went a bunch of different routes and you weren't sure which one to take, or you took a bunch of routes and then you found that some of them just weren't right for you? Yeah, I took different routes and then I decided that they wasn't really right for me, but I've kind of managed to, I guess, find a way to, I guess, coalesce all those different things about my background into one thing like technology and writing. I've been toying with the idea of possibly getting into jingles, you know, writing like music for advertising and commercials, because I've been, I've been a composer since actually since the late nineties. Yeah, that's awesome. And I don't hear of many people who want to get into that business. So I imagine that it is a very, you know, a a great market if you have the skills and um, to be able to do that for yourself. So that's awesome. And when it comes to creativity, when it comes to writing things, uh, one thing that really stood out when I was looking at your LinkedIn profile was the fact that you had so many articles and not only are you a 
excellent a business writer, like for writing for professional type articles. You know, I was looking through your articles, writing for professional, highly like professional, like even regulated businesses. But you're that. also um, a, a creative writer. Uh, you know, you're a science fiction writer. One of my favorite shows of all time is also Twilight Zone. So where do you get your ideas? Like, is it just like you're sitting there and they just come or do you find them in real life or how? How would you advise someone if you were like, you know, trying uh, to, yeah. you know, it, it's, it's, I'll tell you, I think it's a combination of different things. Sometimes an idea will pop into my head and I have to let it simmer for a while. And then, uh, then it might be based on a real life experience or something I heard in the news or whatever, anything, but that's just an idea, you know, in order to develop the idea, I have to sit down and actually do some work, you know, figure out like the characters and the plotting and the outline for the story, et cetera, et cetera. So there's, it's a common, it's a combination of different things, just spur of the moment. And then also just sitting down and, and doing the work. Very nice. And a good story, you know, consists of obviously many factors, you know, whether in yeah. Twilight Zone, it comes down to, you know, I think most of them have just a, a mind blowing plot twist or I don't even okay. know if you call it plot twist, but just like something that's like, wow, that just hits like a... Yeah, that's the thing about the Twilight Zone. It's actually very thought-provoking. Like, it makes you think about things in a different way. Mm-hmm. Right on. So, um, when you come come up with your ideas and, you know, you're starting to outline it and everything, how is it that you you transform it into like a compelling story? Yeah, that's actually a good question. Um, and, you know, I guess first I need to talk about the four elements that go into a story. Plot, what's the story about? The setting, where does the story take place? Character, and then that's who's in the story. And then the thing that really drives a story is conflict, you know, creating tension in the story. So plot, setting, character, and conflict. And there are two types of conflict. There's internal conflict and external conflict. So internal conflict is something that's happening inside the character. And then external conflict is something that's happening around the character. That's kind of the nuts and bolts of it. That's great. And okay, so you've got you've got the basic format of the story there. And is there like a common... Uh, by the way, do you do coaching? Have you ever coached anybody on writing a... No, not yet. Okay. Not yet. Um, I haven't. I, I've... Course, and never say never, but uh, that's not something that I have any plans to do at the moment. But I've, I guess maybe I've thought about it in passing a few times, but but I don't have any real plans to. And no, I haven't really done any coaching. Okay, well, um, you know, just based on maybe things that you've read, obviously, Twilight Zone is a, a masterpiece in itself, but I, maybe like other stories that you've read, you know, what are some common mistakes that people can make when they're coming up? with a conflict or when they're going through that that list of pieces of story? Man, that's actually a really good question. But I think the one thing I see a lot of, one of the biggest problems I see is, is dialogue, which admittedly is probably the toughest part of writing fiction, I think, because there's a difference between conversation and dialogue. In conversation, there's a lot of meaningless banter we call small talk. But in dialogue, it's a little more kind of sort of to the point. There's a lot of that small talk is eliminated. So, you know, I see that a lot that they they try to make it sound like a conversation, but actually you really want it to be more dramatic. You want to 
be more direct and to the point because, you know, the reader will eventually lose interest. Okay, so you're saying in uh, fiction books, obviously, like primarily that there's a lot of dialogue that I guess doesn't push the story forward. Like, how do you how do you know the difference if you're writing and, you know, you want to try to capture a character or, or sorry, capture character's character? That's a really good question. I don't think there's any real one rule of thumb. Like, like one of my favorite authors is William Shakespeare and no one has written, no one writes dialogue better than William Shakespeare. And uh, so I, I guess if you really want to learn how to write dialogue, study William Shakespeare, you don't have to necessarily use the language, but the principle is essentially the same. But you want it to sound interesting, you want it to sound dramatic, but within the context of the story and the genre of the story, because it, it all really depends on, on the genre. So there's really no one set rule on how to write dialogue. Very cool. And I do appreciate that you brought up William Shakespeare because I was just thinking about, you know, what it would be like if William Shakespeare had a keyboard because, you know, on one hand, you've got back in the day, they didn't have any computers and, you know, they had to write every single line painstakingly by hand. Whereas today we've got computers. And I wonder like, you know, if William Shakespeare had a keyboard, would he have put as much effort in every word? And maybe he, he would have, or, you know, would he have pumped out more, you know, who knows, but you know, it's, you you know, think? It's, it's really hard to say, but also, I mean, if William Shakespeare were alive today, would he be using the same language that, that we're accustomed to with Shakespeare? Cause don't, mm-hmm. cause don't forget the, the, the English language was much different in those days than it is now. Yeah. Right on. And I think he invented like a lot of words, right? Yeah. I yeah. think he invented a lot of words. All right, cool. So you got the twilight zone, William Shakespeare and everything. And in terms of turning it into a business, you know, there's probably a lot of writers out there and there's so many things that, you know, they can improve and ways that they can even apply it for, to make it a career for themselves, you know, something that they can do. So was there something that helped you really build up the confidence to, you know, go after the businesses and help them? Is there, is there something different or is it just, you know, belief in your skill or did they see your work or things like that? Well, I, I think the, the hardest part really for me was I had to learn about sales and marketing. So I had to learn a lot about business because it, it is a business, whether you, uh, you know, whether, whether you like it or not, because how else can you make money? And so, and there's been, there has been kind of a shift in, uh, you know, in way, the way people think. You went from, from the starving artist to a creative entrepreneur. So, you know, a lot of uh, people are talking about the gig economy, and a lot of that's because people are kind of getting out of the traditional corporate, get a nine-to-five job, work there for 30, 40 years, get your pension, retire. Well, that model has faded into the sunset, so to speak. So a lot of people aren't seeing the, the, the kind of security that they used to see in the corporate world. So they're just, So they're deciding to start their own businesses. Well, they need to have... You know, they need to have people to build their website. They need to have people to do the advertising. So they need to hire designers and artists and, you know, they need, and writers to, to get all that done all because they need those kind of creative assets to make their marketing strategies look interesting. But for me, I had to learn about sales and marketing because I had to figure, I had to learn how to go out and get clients. And that's really, I think is the hardest thing about it because you got to be willing to put yourself out there. For sure. And when you come from a a creative background, you know, one of the last things you learn uh, is about sales and marketing. You learn about the the strokes for painting and, you know, the the formatting for text and how to write a headline, things like that. But you don't really learn that sales and marketing side of it. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, 
creatives that that is the last thing we want to do. I'm, I'm very, I'm an, I'm introverted by nature, but I've had to learn how to be extroverted when, when I need. Now I do have a performing arts background, so it's probably a little easier for me because I'm, because I'm used to being and put, you know, up on stage. But in reality, I'm just, I'm an introvert. I want to be in my own little shell. So I had to not force myself, but make myself go out in, into the public. And, uh, you know, I go to different events. I do a lot of networking, which is kind of, kind of changed a little bit, sort of stopped because of this whole situation. But I'm looking forward to getting back to, you know, to doing in-person events because I find that for me to be the most effective. Fantastic. And uh, when you say most effective, you primarily mean, is it is it any event or is it specific, like industry? industry well, there's a different, there, there, there are different types of events. I mean, uh, there are, uh, you know, informal mixers. There are also like happy hours and stuff like that. There's, uh, you know, workshops. There's, uh, you know, lunch and learns. Uh, there's different lunch events. Like I think one of the chambers of commerce in Houston, they have something called the Chamber Connections Lunch, that they, which they do every month. And uh, then there's then there are different paid networking events. Like I'm part of one that we meet every Thursday morning. So there's really a variety. But for, So you want to kind of vary a little bit. But for me, the most effective are going to be the informal mixers because you can get 50 to 100 people in one room and you, and you can just talk to people. That's fantastic. And it sounds like that isn't <laughs> something that's too out of reach for any writer who's looking to make that shift and turn it into a career, right? Like going to an event and obviously networking in itself, like in an effective way is something completely different than just going out and, you know, testing out the waters. But thank you for sharing uh, that idea because I think that is really, really true. And when it comes to writing itself, whether it's fiction or nonfiction for business or just as an article or something, what would you say is that, you know, say somebody's got a mostly done mostly fiction and they they love doing fiction but they want to just get themselves out there they need to do some some writing that can you know help businesses because that's where their money is that's where they're gonna you know be able to feed themselves in, in some in many ways so where, where would be the shift in how you think of writing for fiction versus how and i've seen you write so many great business articles or, or these articles for, for the professional world um where would you say that shift is like what's the difference or what's the difference the difference uh yeah that's a good question there there is obviously a difference i think that the difference is uh that with the articles you're just presenting information so it's got to be you know direct and to the point it has to be very conversational very plain language you know that the average person can read and understand it has to be relatively short so you have to use shorter paragraphs like typically i try to use bullet points when, when i can just because it makes it easier for people to read plus Google likes that as well, just because it's easier to read. Whereas with fiction, it's a, it's a, it's a little bit different. I think that for me, I think writing the blog post is easier than writing fiction. It takes a lot less time. Because when I'm writing fiction, I have to do like five, six, seven drafts, you know, or more before, before the story really starts to take shape. Whereas with writing a blog post, I just write one draft, do an edit, and that's it. Wow. Okay. Um, so I haven't written too much friction before. I've tried it, but I, I haven't gotten into like momentum. So I, I really appreciate you sharing that uh, idea in the sense that it does take many, many more drafts. And would you say, and just to understand where that comes from, some people, or at least my, myself, you know, I'm writing and the thing that can hold me back sometimes is, you know, my inner critic wondering if that sentence is like perfect or not. 
right? But since I haven't written fiction, I don't know what that type of thinking is like. So does it, would you say you have to write many drafts in fiction because you're, it's that inner critic or because it really does take that many drafts just to be able to create that story? Uh, you know, that's, yeah, that's actually a good question. And, uh, you know, and it's, I think it's kind of a combination. You know, first of all, you, you have to be willing to just provides the crap out of it but as far as like the inner critic i mean yeah i guess we all have that and that's and it's certainly a good it's certainly valid i mean we need that i think it can also hold us back because you know when you're writing just writing you know whatever whatever comes to you you can always edit later so i think i think yanni kind of put it best he did a video on the creative process i'd like to i'd like to share this i've been a yanni fan for like 20 years and uh, he i think he said i'm trying to remember what he said he says the thing about the creative process is that when you're in it you can't observe it but while you're observing it you can't be in it so like when you're writing you're just when you're in the creative process you're just like you're in the moment you just just move with it you surrender to it you don't really think about it you just surrender to it and then when you when you come out and you look at what you've done then you can go through the logistics make any changes you need to make and make it and, and polish it so yeah i mean the inner critic is important we need that but it can also hold us back yeah hey you know that, that is a fantastic quote because really looking at those moments when you're in the zone focused on the task at hand right you know, when you're in that flow state which does like a lot of research on that that's like a popular topic today you know you're just in it you're not thinking about the complicated you know the, the technical and things you're just you're really just doing so that that is a great quote and with that what else are you working on nowadays john do you have like a, a book coming out or are you, is there a specific well, I, I am where i am working on a couple of books i have really haven't had much of a chance to work on it in the last year because it's just because I've, I've been so busy uh got a uh, there, there, there are science fiction novels also want to uh, work on a on a book that uh, well I'm going to tell you this. I had a family member that passed away last year after living a long life. And uh, he, over in the last, toward the end of his life, like say in the last 15, 20 years of his life, he wrote a lot of stories about growing up, you know, being a, being, being a World War II veteran, being a Pearl Harbor, you know, growing up in the, during the Great Depression. And he wrote all this stuff, all these stories. And, wanna, and I want to, and I want to take those stories and I want to publish them into a book because I feel like those stories need to be shared. Wow, that sounds like an ambitious project and, um, you know, sorry for your loss. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. and from that, it sounds like you have found some amazing stories to tell. Definitely great that you were able to to find that. So how's that coming along? Are you like in the process of outlining or is that just? Uh, I, actually, I haven't even started. I, I have I have the, uh, I have the manuscripts, the original manuscripts. I just, because I've just been so busy with stuff, I have really barely had enough time to even, to even look at it. Just because, uh, I mean, the, the SEO copywriting keeps me so busy because there's such a huge demand for it. Mm -hmm. And uh, and it's been growing. In fact, I picked up a new client I think last month I'm waiting on a, I'm waiting to hear back on a major on a major web content project I need I'm gonna be working on hopefully soon. Very nice. All right. And since you do have that client, I I imagine that you'll probably be pretty full, uh, uh, pretty full with a lot on your plate. But say someone does want to reach out to you and they want to work with you on a writing project, what's the best way to contact you? Well, you can find me on LinkedIn. You can also find me on Twitter. I'm not really sure if I want to give out my phone number, but you can find me on LinkedIn and, and I and just reach out to me there. And, and then I'll look from there. We, you know, I can get, I can give you my direct email and phone number if we if we feel like we can work together. So y'all feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn and also on Twitter.
Twitter, but I'm more active on LinkedIn than on Twitter. Twitter is kind of weird. You know, I'm active on both platforms, but most of my engagement's on LinkedIn. All right. Well, for, for anyone that is out there, if you want to reach out to John, definitely check out the description below. And if you're looking for him on Twitter, he's Twitter at John, J-O-H-N underscore G-R-G-U-R-I-C-H. That's John underscore Gergrich. And... Um, he's got some amazing projects coming out and he's a fantastic uh, writer for businesses and SEO content so you can do that for your business check it out and with that everybody you have a wonderful day and uh, John do you have anything else? Uh, no I think it's about it but I do I do appreciate you taking the time to talk to me I appreciate being on the program and uh, let's definitely keep in touch alright have a wonderful day everybody alright